Ladies and gents, welcome back. Episode 19 on the 19th of the 11th month of the shitty year. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, the 19th. <laughs> um, today's podcast is going to be talking about programming and all the, the aspects around it and how you should generally individualize it to yourselves, although you'll be generally running around the same principle, as we'll give you a bit of experience from mine and Miles' sides, because consideration that's we are generally going down two different training paths. So I think it'd be quite interesting to see how we differ. And then generally, what kind of movements you should be getting included within you, your programming. So obviously that's going to be very dependent on each person as well. But I think me and Miles are going to have some general considerations about what you should be going for and what you shouldn't be going for. And I think a lot of it might be including the hard stuff that people don't want to do but you know you have to do it anyway yeah i mean i always i generally tell my clients like if it's hard if it seems as hard more likely you probably need to do it Split might spot. not be always right but it <laughs> motivates them to do it so yeah so obviously we can talk about the seven fundamentals i'll let miles nail them out because i've been chatting way too long yeah so um these are the kind of the fundamental line movement patterns You've got your, obviously, your standard push, pull, squat, lunge, hinge, and rotate. Now, the reason why it's very important to know these seven, I did state seven, didn't I? Yeah. And carry. And carry, there's always <laughs> one. These PTs, we can't count, we can't count, nor do we always remember anything, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, the reason why it's important to know these things, because obviously when you are doing your own kind of like programming or you've got someone else doing your programming, it's important to have these things. And if you look at our daily lives, this is what we should be considering our training on, uh, whether that's to strengthen a particular movement or strengthening the weaknesses around a particular movement. Um, so if you even think, let's even like the basic things, like, let's say carry, like you could perform something like a, a farmer's carry, and that could transfer over into you when you're doing your shopping. Something simple like that. We are let's the one the we take everything. There might be 20 bags, but we do it in one trip. <laughs> Always. You've got to do it. But, yeah. I mean, everything within that is going to be applicable to a, like, a gen pop. I, I say gen pop like it's generalising a lot of people, but it will work to your training as well to improve performance and improve, in my aspects, building muscle and getting quicker, stronger faster etc if you're on like miles inside of things in terms of playing football and improving in that respect so i think it is always important to recognize this even if you're programming yourself and then going from there and trying to push through and improve in that respect whereas i think if you are stuck in terms of just doing like the top three you're gonna suffer long term yeah, um, I mean, I think it's just it's just it's just basic movement. I think for everyone, you should be doing them seven things very well. Whether you're training for athletic performance, bodybuilding, strongman, all that type of stuff. If you want a fit, healthy, working body, that's going to be there for the long run. Whether you're wanting to be able to play with your grandchildren or you want to do other stuff in life. Um, yeah, I think it's very important to make sure that what you're doing consistently in the gym or at the moment, our home workouts at the moment, 
what you're doing to repeat that and obviously process that into your daily lives. You always got your your fundamental things of training shouldn't always be. I mean, obviously, this is going away from the bodybuilding side and stuff like that. As you'll probably find with both me and Mike, we will tend to go away from the bodybuilding side. But I think your training should replicate what you're doing or exposing yourself to what you're not doing in your general life. Let's, for example, say people who are very seated down at the desk and stuff like that. More likely, they've got their back hunch over, they're over a keyboard and they're seated down, they're very stationary. So why would you do and repeat that more in the gym when already their body's been to expose that already quite a bit? So if you get people like that, you're going to tend yourself fine. You're going to be doing a lot more pulling exercises because they're in that kind of limited short range of chest movement. You're going to find them doing a lot more kind of hip hinging, exchange strengthening the posterior chain, uh, which is your lower back, glutes, hammies, all that fancy stuff um, and stuff like that. So I think it's, again... I think it is very important to make sure that you understand the dynamic of training. Even if you've got someone else programming for you, I would always recommend asking the questions why. Because if you understand why you've got someone doing this kind of movement and this kind of movement, then if you understand obviously the principle behind it and what the motive is behind it, you're going to be more inclined to do it. Would you say that's something that you agree on, Mike? Yeah. Well, I was, I was literally just going to pick out of that in the fact of like you were on about um, people sitting at a desk and in a chair a lot. And I feel like having these fundamental movements in is going to be a lot better in resistance training as a whole. Because if you sit at a desk for eight hours a day, five days a week, and then go and do a spin class, you're basically just replicating what you're going to be doing in terms of sitting at your desk, leaning forward. You need to get out of this position where you'll probably go home and you'll sit on the sofa again and do what you've been doing all day and bringing in something like resistance training will be the major factor in terms of improving how you are as a person and with your training yeah and that's actually funny how you just said that because people don't realize there's a difference between exercising and actually training so the people who do love their spin classes i have no issue you doing you're moving, you enjoy it, you're getting your heart pumping, that's perfectly fine. If that, if that works for you, well, but that is exercising. There is no motive behind it. You're getting it just to get an absolute pump on, a sweat on, you're just getting your legs moving. Where it's a training side, there is an A to a B process. The whole point of this is to develop this, it's to improve on this. And each and every single training, if done correctly programming, if you miss out on that, that is going to make a deficit to what your process is going to be, progress is going to be. And I think that's important between the difference between exercise and training. Yeah, because I think a big like factor for me in terms of motivation is physically training, and especially if you're going for a progressive overload. There's like nothing will motivate me less than thinking I've got to go to the gym and my motive is to sweat because I could sweat walking down the street in Dubai or I could sweat in a 40 minute spin class doesn't mean I'm going to get excited for both of them but it's whereas if you're going into resistance training and progressively overloading you're going to get, actually get some thrill out of training because you'll know and you can physically see it if you write it down that you are getting stronger and I think people 
set themselves up for failure because they're not giving themselves the motive to go and train yeah. or exercise like you just said then i think well, that's what i mean it's it's training is very pacific i'm always going to say that wrong like pacific pacific <laughs> um yeah it's going to be very generalized to you where for example these kind of classes and stuff i mean i'm again i keep going on about these classes that like it sounds like a love-hate relationship but they're they're for generics and if you have got things like limited factors, maybe you've had operations, you've got arthritis, you've got, again, injuries and stuff like that, that that's not going to help you. But a training plan that's going to, if you've got something like an ACL problem and all that, if you get to rehab on that so you can get yourself back to playing on the pitch quicker and all that, that's what training is. Mm. And there's a process from, again, A to B, where you, you've got A, the place that you're in right now, B is the motive of what the goal is supposed to be. I think I just thought of a really funny analogy in the fact that like, exercise is ticking the box, but training is improving everything outside of the box. Damn. To then yeah. get the box. Because everything's going to improve if you're stronger, more suitable to actually do stuff in your general lifestyle, instead of just being like, yeah, I got 20 step-ups on my box today. I'm like, yeah, great, you can go and do that, but how's that going to benefit? If it, if it's just if you look at a watch and it says you've burnt burnt three or four hundred calories, I'm like, yeah, great. Whereas, are you stronger? No, I don't know. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I can I can understand why people fall into the act of doing that because, mm. especially when especially when it comes to training, sometimes like you can go out of the gym not sweating your guts. You could not be like you've absolutely been battered and stuff like that. And that's the beauty of it. You don't, you, you do need to work hard, don't get me wrong, like, and all that, but you don't need to actually burn yourself out because ideally there should be a level of intensity there mixed with a bit of volume and the frequency that you go and stuff like that. Um, but that's what I mean. Like when it comes to training and stuff like that, it's, it's managed, it's controlled. And the people, the reason why people tend to go for these exercises is because they don't understand that you don't have to always burn yourself out to get results. Sometimes you can leave the gym thinking, oh, I've not really done that much, but you have. And whether that's in the form of, let's say, DOMS later on, or even the fact that you just feel a little bit more tired and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, show it just it might just show in different times and stuff like that, but. That's what I mean. And the thing is as well, like, and this, you can even say this about, like, say, like, looking at one um, one round maxes. You've got people who are peaking towards a, a one round max, but you can train that and develop that one round max in an eight round max. And you could, as, as long as you're improving that eight round max and you're improving the weight of it and the control, the repetitions and all that, you can improve our one rep max. The only difference is that you're just not exposed to doing one rep maxes. Um, And that takes a level of skill in itself to be a part of. So they're the kind of main kind of differences between the two. Now, going back onto the, the seven movements, the reason why these are important to understand in prioritizing and stuff like that, again, goes back to your kind of, your lifestyle, what things, what's your motive, what's your thing? So, for example, let's say like a footballer and stuff like that, 
how are these movements going to appel me on the pitch compared to the average day guy who might might be doing it for the sake of playing with children or looking good and stuff like that. Um, I mean, like, for example, do, do you think, Mike, that there's a place of these movements within, like, let's say, like, bodybuilding and stuff like that? Or, 100%. Yeah. Obviously, like, it's very dependent on how you actually physically organise your programming. But even as a simple principle of me doing an upper lower in the past or a push-pull legs before, that's in the system itself. And with everything you can say in that, I reckon in about 20 seconds, me and Miles can both name a movement. And it's the simple... That's not now. I'm not asking you to now. In the the fact of like... If it's it's really simple to integrate it into a program, it's just like understanding that the importance of all this needs to be there. And if you're just in there and just doing a shoulder day, a chest day, and an arm day, like obviously you're going to look like Johnny Bravo with all of it on top and nothing at the bottom. But it's also how is this going to reflect on you from the fact that you're probably going to be training for five hours a week and how is that going to reflect in the 160 odd hours out of the in the rest of the week, or et cetera, et cetera, where it's going to make the biggest difference? Yeah, obviously, I think you can, I think you can still make results not knowing, well, being aware of this. But I think if you max, if you knew, if you knew the kind of things that we're trying to say and stuff like that, the the level of results you could get could be far better yeah like i don't obviously i don't know how miles does his programming but i'm literally so anti-cardio within a session not not like anti-cardio altogether like my clients can back me up on this i will physically say we'll do a tiny bit of cardio as a warm-up but you come in and do that on your own before they start the session if you're so with you're me for an hour, you might like prepping in a warm up then. Yeah, but like, I'm not going to physically put in and say, okay, we, I'm going to stand with you during our hour to do cardio when that's something you can do yourself. Like, the main principle of us as coaches is going to be getting you through movements that is going to generally benefit you. And funnily enough, it's all resistance training. Like, I mean, there's going to be, I mean, within resistance training anyway, there's an element of, Anaerobic, you're gonna get some kind of fitness benefit from it. Now, when we're stating cardio, we're talking long-lasting cardiovascular. We're yeah. talking probably to most people that when we say cardio, we probably need they probably look at running, they're looking on the bike, lists, lists, and the, the fun stuff and all that. Um, but yeah, it depends. Like obviously, Mike said, when you if you are if you're aiming towards going more of that kind of physique goal if you would say and stuff like that or are you trying to go stronger then you gotta look at the fact that right yes there's an element of conditioning and that needs to be in there especially if you're doing stuff like every minute of the minute arm wrap as many reps as possible especially if you're doing let's say strong <laughs> they are absolute minion but especially if you're doing strong man or something like that yeah like i don't know whether you've tried to carry a, a 50 kg ball or sandbagging and started running, but that's gonna that's gonna tire you out quite quickly. Yeah. Um, but then again, like that's what the program that's what program is all about. It's 
specifically then kind of like progressions. And when obviously Mike would say like whatever if I do cardio and stuff like that, it depends. If I've got a client here who's trying to improve his endurance and stuff like that, then I'm going to do more endurance-based stuff with him. If it's going to be something like speed work and stuff like that, I might add a little bit more power development in the beginning of the sessions. Um, but I'll probably get him to do something on the pitch or court or whatever, doing and maximising their sports and stuff like that. Um, so all the pounds. Also, just to point out the physical fact that that's completely individualised. Yeah. Obviously, that's not going to be for Janet that wants to get stronger <laughs> or someone that... What is a completely different sport? Obviously, if you're getting a black and white stencil of a workout from a coach, it'll get you so far. But then the benefits of having something individualised from, say, Meal Miles whilst following all these principles, but then making it individualised to how it needs to benefit you and your lifestyle or career is very, very dependent. So it's, <laughs> I think it's a very soft subject within like coaching that the black and white of training obviously will follow this, but then obviously it's like a tree. Everything will branch off yeah. and go into different directions. Oh. I think when you're when you're first learning about being a trainer and stuff like that, you learn these movements and you learn the muscles that I work and stuff like that. And you mm-hmm. almost like you almost kind of just focus on the kind of the muscle development. Especially if you've got when you obviously most gen pop, most gen pop people might go like, I want to get a bit fitter, I want to get bigger arms, stuff like that. And you might find yourself falling into a trap of all right, we're gonna train chest this back that but i think even from a coaching standpoint as well if you understand the movement yourself and how things work from more than just the capability of one arm extending and one arm does this and stuff like that so for example you got one muscle flexing one muscle extending you got tendons and ligaments you got all that kind of stuff moving as well how does the joint actually move in that socket um and you understand the body a hell of a lot more um like like the keynote, I always get mixed up and all that, but yeah, um, then yeah, they they work, and your understanding of it more means that you can obviously put the proud practicality of it a hell of a lot more and stuff. Like that. And that just doesn't go for coaches as well, that goes for the clients as well. I always try to make sure that the clients understand what they're doing. I yeah. might not be the greatest at explaining, and I always say to the fact that if I don't explain it very well to yourself and you want to do do your research on your own, and if you've got something that counterbalances what I say, bring it. Because I'd rather you challenge what I say than just be a sponge and soak everything in that I say. Because that challenge is going to get you to understand things a hell of a lot more. Um, and that comes down to just basic learning and stuff like that. You don't just learn something and then it just automatically comes into your head. Yeah. You, you it challenge it. You experience it. You see if it actually works for you is there another adaptive way that you can do it because not all one way works um and that thing goes for obviously learning and stuff like that now where things might change in also programming as well i've also mentioned quite a bit is the fact of where you are developing wise so whether that's growing up as a young adult a young adult full and grown adults, maturity and stuff like that, or whether that's 
even down to even like let's say females and males and stuff like that like we all know that females have a tendency of doing in their um if i believe in their acls a little bit more due to the fact that i think it's like hip to length range or something like something like that and also they've got more capability of tighter, tighter ankles and that can obviously change the demand quite a bit yeah um but again it's it's knowing all that and keep and obviously looking at doing proper screenings doing assessments make sure that so you've got someone ever looking from a third from a different point looking at right your body moves in this particular way can we now manipulate it in a different way of changing it and that even goes down to not even like muscular and stuff i could even go down to neural like how well does your brain actually know the muscles that it's working and stuff like that i'm, I'm guessing you sure mate where you've got like someone like right engage your lats and someone like they almost kind of like arch the back and they bring their shoulders up and stuff like that. But when you say like, or you try to explain it completely different or even point to the muscle itself, they change it. Yeah. Completely different kind of transformation that goes on. And again, when you're, when you're, again, there's a difference between exercising and training and stuff like that. When you're exercising and training, you might be just, you just might be constantly moving and stuff like that, where it's training. You, it trains you how to actually particularly focus on that one mod, um, one muscle, and that one movement, and expose yourself and improve yourself on that kind of capability itself. I think I was going to put poke in, but I didn't want to disrupt your flow. Oh, right. um, I think past experiences is a major factor as well, because mm. obviously you're going to soak something in a lot more if you've been affected by it in the past. So, like, obviously, if you, I'm not going to blow out the fact that i've just finished that nutrition course but it will be in the same respect plug plug <laughs> um but no it's if you've had an issue with a certain food type before you're going to absorb the information a lot more within that info within that topic and like obviously if you've had an issue within in terms of your squat and you hear the word squat you're either going to completely like zone into it or ignore it because you kind of don't want to learn it, or you do want to learn it. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's a lot of mental issues with that, I think. I think that's it, and it all does come from that nervous system. It all comes from the brain down to telling the body what to do. Mm. And this again, this just goes back into your this general lifestyle and stuff like that. Like, as children, as babies and stuff like that, with capability of doing a full range of squat, which is very important in training and, and in everyday life, is there. You can do it as a kid. Now, things change. You stay seated for so long, so you therefore get tighter muscles. You, or should I say, get yourself into shorter positions and stuff like that. There's, there's lifestyle and society that come into play that almost get you to lose things. And I think, like, one thing I probably haven't mentioned as well is jumping. I've had people where they come in and they almost forget how to jump, how to fire on their neurons and to do get the muscle like that activated in that kind of certain way and it, it takes some time it almost takes like and you can see in the red like the physically like shrimping up into the fact of thinking of doing it where if you think of a kid they're doing it all the time and stuff mm. they fall over they feel through it and then they do it again but over time we, we lose that and training brings that back to an element I don't even 
before me like that. Like, realistically, if you were doing, like, if someone just woke up, they're 40 years old, they don't know how to do anything, how would you even explain how to jump? Yeah, that's the thing, is it's, uh, it, it's that's what I mean. It's it's one of the things things like you just go, right, you you jump. <laughs> you you leap. It's that it is a leap of faith. It's that's what jumping is. It's that kind of leap of the unknown and stuff like that. And unless like you've been exposed to that to a while where you're doing a lot of sports and kids and stuff like that, it's very hard to in a store again. And like you were saying before about like how much you kind of forget about that. We almost forget how to move well as humans, mm. and that's what I mean. It's like unless you get someone who comes in and goes, right, we're going to rewrite the way that you think. Again, going back to that kind of mental side of things again and stuff like that, then you're more likely going to go in the way that you already think, and that's that's something that needs to be obviously addressed from the start. When you're going into certain movements and stuff like that, you need to you need to understand that like right, this is the process that's going to happen. These are going to be the kind of results that you're going to get. This might happen in the process. The and then this might be the consolation prize and stuff like that. Because obviously, as we all know, there's always a certain degree when you do something or something, you don't just get that one thing. You get a kind of a branch like you've seen before, branch chain of things. Um. But it all comes down to knowing the fundamentals. Because yeah. if you're not good at the fundamentals, for example, not doing a full range of squat, you're going to be limiting the fact of the achievements that you go and stuff like that, and you're going to be increasing the fact dramatically of the injuries later on in life. Like I feel like at the moment, a 25-year-old, I've unfortunately have broke my leg, I've torn my groin, so... I know. So, for example, for me, like my right foot, my right leg completely is a gimmick. It, there's times where if I do too much squatting and too much running, again managing that volume load and stuff like that, it goes on me, and I lose that ability to hit a full range of squat. Therefore, what happens? I start hitting my glutes and stuff like that. I start getting lower back pain. Like these, there's a terminal event that come to happen. Now, luckily enough for me, like. I've I've got a kind of base now knowledge to kind of go right. Let's rewrite that. Let's think from the end of right. I want to get back to doing a full range of squat with added mm-hmm. weights on there. I want to be able to run um, as fast as I can with no issue. I want to be able to raise my knee up with no hip pain. It's rewriting that from the end. Just it's quite funny to think of it like that though. In the respect of like obviously programming is going to be what you're doing inside the gym, but then programming also is the aspect of what when you should be doing the programming and when you should be having the rest and I think rest I think from society because obviously they always say like oh exercise 30 minutes a day and all this kind of stuff but then I think if you're that engrossed in the fact of resistance training your, your concept of what exercises can change and yeah. then it's like you can train seven days a week but obviously in terms of a programming principle that really isn't efficient yeah so, well, that's what I mean. It's 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 almost like like you were saying before about that kind of recovery rate. Now, there's two ways you can have a re- look at recovery rate. Are they one recovering quicker because they're stronger and stuff like that, or are they recovering quicker because they're exposed to it? Mm-hmm. It's two different ways. It's, there's always going to be a flip of a coin away you can view things, and that's why like you get 
later down the line, like some information or some papers or something like that that's telling you to do one thing and then vice versa a couple of years later or something else comes on you're doing this. But yet, if you look at them, and this is this can go even into nutrition, like let's say like kinogetics, intermittent fasting and stuff like that, they're both completely two different things, but the fundamentals is a calorie deficit. Like, and that's what you need to understand is the principles and stuff like that and stuff, yeah. It, without me sounding like a broken yo-yo, like I'm and stuff like that, you need to learn. You need to learn yeah. the basics. You need to do it, and you need to improve on them. And I'm backing if you if you start from the end, if you start from the end of let's say like a squat, deadlift, um, shoulder press, bench press, you break it down. That's probably the best way of how to regress or progress within your training. Yeah, I think it's just interesting in the fact of like obviously not to plug me in miles yet again but the the principle of miles saying you need to go and learn this is like that's why we go and learn this and that's why we make this our job because it's not as just as simple as just being like do a bit of this 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 and this and then be fine and get go and do whatever but then what stops you from saying doing that seven days a week getting burnt out recovery rate for the muscles bad central nervous system fatigue is also bad and you just feel worse from exercise gives you a negative bad experience and then you get put off training and then you get stuck in ticking the box and having exercise instead of training because you haven't learned or gone to the right person to learn yeah but at the same time as well like we we all we all start from somewhere Mm. like even the people who are known in as well as the world's smartest people on these kind of topics and all that. They they started the beginners. So people who are maybe listening to this right now thinking like, wow, like I, I don't seem to know a lot or I think I know quite a bit. But yeah, every time I seem to learn a bit more, I seem to be in. Everyone has that. I mean, like there's times where I learned something and I realized, wow, I actually don't know quite a deal amount. You, and that's a brilliant place to be in, in the beginning mm. phase and stuff like that because it's exciting. I think if you... If you t- if you become an expert too quickly, like what's the point of it? Like the idea of it is to learn and grow. Now we kind of again kind of based on the fact that <clears throat> we've got a little bit off scooped in the fact that when it comes to learning, it's a matter of growth and personal, which is one of the human needs. But the fact is, like when you're going back into programming, it's what we need to say. Um, there is a lot just more than just doing these foundations movements, but you need to make sure that you understand them before you can apply and do something else with them. Yeah. Just because I feel like we could talk about this a lot. Do you want to make this a two-parter? Oh, God. I don't think people want to hear me for two-parters and stuff like that. Well, well, obviously, we're going to do another... We'll do more episodes in the future anyway, but obviously, I think considering that we've gone over the basic principles i think we can go over like considerations of exercises and our own programming a little bit more in like a second episode we can definitely go down the the progressive route so if you are someone who is literally like right i don't know where to start from Mm. how do i get to a to b then yeah maybe something like that can be on the cards and stuff like that because obviously this is how this is obviously i think this is for the person that does the classes doesn't 
want to resistance train or doesn't like the idea of it. I think this has been like a really good stepping stone to like dip your toes in and see how it is and just be like, it's nothing to be afraid of. And obviously the main, the main fundamentals of it is getting stronger, but staying safe. And obviously for the amount of, for the amount of machines out there at the minute that their main, I'd say the main feature of them is safety because they were always at a point where if you fail, you can pop it down, you're off. I, it, I used to be, there was a part of me at one point where I used to be against machines very much. Um, and I think it was down to the fact that, again, just like classes, they're very universal. They're very, very much in the fact that they're not, they're, they're not the machines not specifically made for yourself. They're made for a general. Uh, and I used to be very much against it in the fact that if someone did have a deficiency in, let's say, range of motion, something else, that they would be limited by the capability of, I know, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, they will have the, limited, the limitations because of that machine. And this is the reason why I've done free weights, because there's a lot more that's in place. There's a lot more stabilization going on there as well. You get more of a feeling of what's going on. But from a regression side of things and stuff like that, getting someone to understand internal loading. So, for example, my, uh, my muscle connection, so the ability to actually feel a muscle as they're burning it, that's a really good tool to use in machines and stuff like that, is they're throwing someone on and they've got to now counterbalance sort of weight or a bar or something like that. So I think that's one thing good stuff like that. I think it's a lot of angles as well and understanding the principles of why certain things are done because obviously with a lot of machines you'll have it where they'll have like a cam system so there'll be like drop-offs etc within the actual machine for weight but then obviously it's also the pressing angles so obviously with machines it's literally one path whereas obviously if you went into say a dumbbell it's going to be very free where the stabilization stabilization is going to come into play but then i could be on an incline press but then coming too far forward and then putting a lot more stress on the shoulder but um if you're new to the principles of it do you know any different and be like oh yeah i really feel this in my shoulder when an incline press is this not causing stress here so i i, I always would rule in oh, sorry um resistance training on machines generally to start with if you're on your own just to get a bit of a feel of it but then obviously watch youtube speak to coaches see what other people are doing in the gym and just see how they are working with it and then progress from there because i think you're not going to learn safely just doing it free balling it and free, like on your own Obviously, I, I, uh, I don't know about you, Mike, but and this is the reason why I've like I've got someone doing my programming. Like I find it very hard to program for myself. I've already found that I almost need a second set of eyes to look at some of the stuff that I might have missed or mm. my I might find important. Because ideally when I'm gonna program for myself, I'm gonna put all the stuff I like to do. And that isn't going to really benefit me because I like to do my... Because from people who don't really know me, uh, I started, obviously, my background through bodybuilding, body hence my granddad. 
so I I like to do my the bicep curls, the tricep extensions, and stuff like that. And I might I might seem to put that up a little bit more. Now, obviously, I don't train to do that much so much. Now I tend to do that to develop my sports skills, to keep injury free, and be better. The football pitch, if you so say. Um, so having someone accountable there can stop me from doing that. And they can put some things in there like I really hate like Bulgarian split squats. I, I just hate them with passion. And I remember actually saying to that guy, like, don't like that kind of movement. And the first program I got for him was Bulgarian split squats. Yeah. And I was like, you fucker. But it's not for me. It's like, I find it very challenging to do programming on myself without having another person looking at it and stuff like that. So if you are going to have, if you are going to do your own program and stuff like that, maybe get someone involved, maybe have a mate where they might know a little bit more experience than you and add that kind of thing on. Or you could do the simple thing of just applying like a coach or something like that. Or like Mike just said, you could just do YouTube and follow it. They acknowledge it. Don't go for like YouTube workouts and stuff like that. I mean, again, back to the whole training versus exercise type of things and stuff like that. Unless they're really good at coaching, like let's say like someone who's like Jeff Nippard, who gives the science of it very, very well, yeah. then you got to be careful where you get your information from. And But then again, training is learning and learning is training. You've got to give and take. You've got to be able to do this experience. And doing the wrong things will eventually lead you to the right things where if you don't do anything at all, you're never going to go to that right place in the first place. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we actually opened up the podcast, didn't we, and said a lot of people will shy away from doing the hard stuff. And I think if you don't do the hard stuff and everything's easy, how, how do you expect to progress? So put in your split squats, put in your single leg work. Yeah. put in your mobility you fucking hate it i know so do i but i still do it like it's you do the stuff that benefits you even when it's the hardest because you know long term it's going to be the most beneficial yeah. but yeah you need someone to come along and tell you to do this because mentally you're just not in the right space to be like oh i'm just gonna do it on my own yeah and that's also as well like this <sighs> If you have got like a busy lifestyle, if you've got hectic work and stuff like that, this is where having a, another set of eyes can be a very positive point from you because it's one less thing to think about. Mm. Um, and again, especially if you've got, let's say you've got a busy work, you're doing that nine to five job bang and stuff like that. You go to the gym at six, the gym's jammed and stuff like that. You won't, you won't be inclined to follow the things that you want to do unless you, you've got that kind of mindset and you're like, right, I need to get this done. But if you've got someone who has spent the time for you, you're going to almost be kind of being inclined to do what they need to do um, in that sense. So, again, think about these kind of possibilities and think what best is for you. That's all that matters. Whatever works best for you is the mass, is the, the main thing. It's the value. You need to know your values. You need to know your goals. Because they're going to be driving you forward. 
because obviously we've said the seven fundamentals but in the in the actual account of it if you had them written down on a whiteboard and like right i've got to achieve each of these every week you've got accountability and you've got efficiency because like miles said then if you're finishing work and you need to get a workout done in 45 minutes you're not going to be messing around with the fluff work when you know that these are going to be the most beneficial i'm pointing like you can see it on my screen because I've got a note there, but <laughs> you you know it's going to be the most efficient, and that's when a coach will come in and be like, "Okay, you only have forty five minutes. Let's make that work. They will make a workout efficient and allow you to tick the boxes still within that time, because it's not about the qual the quantity. It's about the quality. Exactly. As my art teachers used to lie to me back in the day. When I was given that one piece of art, and they were like, that's not enough, Miles. I was like, well, you lied to me, didn't you? Sorry, I'm going back. And I'm reminiscing about the bad old times, and this is the reason why I do personal training, not being artists. Shall we wrap part two? Well, on that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> right, well, like we said within the podcast, we'll, we'll do a second part on regressing and progressing and how we can actually get you to understanding how to progress your training and stuff like that. Um, so, guys, on the next exciting episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> anyway, hope you all are doing well. Keep yourself safe. See you in the next episode. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.